0: Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hello, and welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. This is your post-289 show, hosted by me, Stu Wiffin, and always, Mr. Blake Harrison. Hello. Hello, I was very posh, hello. That was quite can't, posh, not can't, you, can't, you can't
1: say Charles correctly, you say Charles, but you were like, oh, hello. <laughs> hello sir.
0: I can't believe you kicked off that, picking up where you left <laughs> off last time.
1: It really bugs me, I don't know why it bugs me, Chiles, it's Charles. Do you I don't know like why it gets me so much.
0: I'm, I, on another sponsor, uh, on another podcast I do, we had a sponsor whose name was Charles, uh, and I got I said it like that. For about a year, and every single time, I had loads of listeners just going, "Mate, save name right. He's your sponsor."
1: <laughs> yeah, look, like, dude, do say his name right. It's his
0: name. Uh, anyway, um, we go, We're going rogue today, aren't we? Um, we're we, we, our producers are on yes. a holiday, uh, so we're uh, we're recording. Uh, the, we, we're going to sort of try and put this together and get it out. Obviously, because it's time sensitive, because we're looking back at that the weekends action so um you might find that the 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 audio quality of this isn't quite as 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 good as what you're used to um so, bear with us on this one. Uh, 76 Our Producer will be back uh, for uh, the next episode. And we've got some interesting episodes coming up, haven't we? And I uh, don't know if we want to announce them yet, but we've got some some good guests in the back pocket, haven't we? I,
1: I never like to announce it, just no, so like we haven't recorded it no. yet. So, what if it all goes, yeah, goes horribly absolutely. wrong? Which yeah. I think, And I think we've made those mistakes before. So, I'm not oh, I mean, do it ba- again.
0: Ba- based on the last two weeks of trying to get one guest on, and uh and yep. I think it's definitely worth just keeping eggs up, shut. Yep.
1: But if you are uh if you are listening to us for the first time or you haven't checked out that catalogue, we have just recently interviewed Alexander Volkanovsky. Don't know if you know him, but he's a featherweight champion of the world. It's mm. a big deal. Uh we have Paul Craig on recently, and obviously we've had your Arnold Allen's and Paddy Pimlitz and Molly McCann's and Tyrone Woodley's and Dan Hardy's and Michael Bisping's and the list goes on and on. So check those uh, interviews out if you haven't done yet and you'll get to see kind of where all your favourite fighters, how they started off,
0: what's yeah. how yeah. they
1: got into the position they're in and what they're like outside the cage as well. All those little tidbits that you might be interested in. But let's uh, let's stop digressing, I guess, and let's just go straight into uh, UFC 289 Nunez-Algana. When we were pre recording the pre-show at this <laughs> I'm trying to find the, the, the most delicate diplomatic way of saying it we weren't overly keen on the card well we we know we got ufc 290 coming up with uh Volcan rodriguez and moreno versus uh pantoja uh, and there's good fights on the undercard yeah. as well 291 you got the bmf belt and from if memory serves me that the undercard fights on that are pretty decent as yeah. well i think uh After that, what's scheduled to be Sterling versus Sean O'Malley has had a couple of other fights announced on it that I'll look up later. But basically, the next few cards are looking decent, particularly in July, 290 and 291. Yeah, This one, on paper, you were like, oh, other than Darius Oliveira, it was a bit... How did you find the card actually
0: watching it? uh, I I found it quite enjoyable. It Um, was, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, There was uh, some Canadian fighters on there that um that I wasn't uh familiar with um and uh and it was a good night for canada like most oh of God. their, their fire all of them were, 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 were they were like absolute. six at home. yeah it was uh and that, that home crowd definitely stoked the fires of them and yeah I, I i really enjoyed it um i i mean in regards to the the main event not so much um like yeah. uh, I mean, how did you find the rest of the event before we get on to... Uh...
1: Well, the card as a whole, I thought, was actually quite entertaining, particularly sure. the main card. As you say, Canada doing well. Their fans loving it so much, they knocked down a barrier at one point and nearly took out uh, Mike Malott. Did you see that? No. Yeah, there's a barrier. I think Malott's just kind of standing there ready to walk out and the fans are just going nuts near him and the barrier just kind of tips over and they all fall down. And thankfully, as far as I'm aware... No one was injured. They were all just found seats elsewhere. And Malot, obviously, absolutely fine because he went out and did the business against Fugit. Um, and, uh, yeah, so so that was uh, an interesting one. But overall, I actually thought the card was, was pretty decent. But uh, main event, unfortunately, uh, and I don't want to sound disrespectful, but it takes two to tango, and
0: Aldana did not bring her dancing shoes, did she? No, she didn't, and you're being very diplomatic there. Um, it, it it felt to me as as a fifty year old. It reminded me of, you know, getting up on them Sunday mornings to watch Mike Tyson fight and watching people walk to that ring. Michael Spinks is the one that springs to mind, beaten before that even started. Like too yeah. much respect, fearful, um, yeah. and it looked like she was definitely giving. Uh, Amanda Nunes way too much respect in the octagon as well. Like, um, and by, by that I mean in, in a kind of fight style. You know, I think she should have been way more aggressive. Um, she's arguably a better boxer than Amanda Nunes. Yeah. Um, that the, the the difference in power seemed looked apparent on Saturday. Yes. you know the, yeah. the, the the goat seemed to be throwing way heavier shots. She just didn't. I mean, her corner was saying, like, literally, come on. Like, you've got nothing to lose now. Like, this is your shot. This is probably your only shot. You've got to just make it happen and go down. And, and, you know, she seems like a really nice person, but she didn't. She, as you said, she didn't come to dance.
1: No, it was constant, that incredibly high guard. I mean, when she did let her hands go, which is incredibly rare, she landed a couple of counter-strikes, which looked effective. Like mm. I don't know if it was the first or second round where she landed a right hand uh, while Nunes was kind of pressing forward. Mm. And it sort of rocked Nunes a bit. She was like, oh, OK, you know, back to, to kind of being a bit more sensible here. And you just like, she just had to let it go. I mean, it's very easy for us to say, sat here, we don't get in the cage. And the thought of someone with the power of an Amanda Nunes throwing strikes at you and staring at you and smiling at you as she does it, that's got to be very intimidating. But not just when that. you're training for this moment your entire life and you get the moment and then you just don't perform. i just, I just think it's probably going to be one of those ones where she sits back and regrets that for a while now.
0: Let's give her credit that she was a late replacement as well. You know, she had noticed, but she was still probably didn't get a full camp as, as I'm sure she would have liked. So let, you know, I'm not making excuses for her. Um, but also Nunes was throwing some really good feints for for, for shooting. And, yeah. and that was taken, uh that was taken uh, right off of her game. You could see she didn't want to go to the ground, but she whether that impacted Nunes
1: didn't even follow her to the ground. I knew, it was like watching like a, a, a big brother or sister or like a parent wrestling and mucking about with their kid at points, where she was just like. I'm just going to grab a leg, throw you to the floor, but I'm not even going to follow you down. I'm going to let you get back up and then start boxing you up again. But just the way she was able to take her down was such ease. And it wasn't until the third round, I think halfway through the third round, that she actually started following her down and doing some damage on the ground. Before that, she was like, I can take you down whenever I want, but I'm going to play with you a little bit Mm. first. That's how it felt. And it was just like the gulf between them on that night was so vast that – as a fan, when you want – I mean, obviously, it's great to see greatness. It's great to see the best, and she is the GOAT, and we'll, we'll get onto her in a minute, and the fact that Nunez retired on top, an amazing achievement. But as a fan, what you really want to see is competition. Mm-hmm. You want to see these evenly matched fights. You want to see back and forth and all that kind of stuff. And seeing someone just dominate a completely one-sided fight like that for five rounds, it's not the most exciting. It but just who, do you, who
0: do you blame for that? It's, you can't blame Amanda Nunes for that. You know no, that that that, that that falls on you know on on Sean Shelby and you know the the matchmakers and and uh, and uh, and obviously her opponent like that that you know she can only beat what's put in front of her. And and obviously, what we wanted was the the, the Pena rematch. I think we'd all love to have seen that. I think a, a, another dominant win over Pena would have been a really good fight to retire on. But we, we, let's let, let's talk about that retirement because I, I think absolute hats off to you. You've beaten everyone. You know, there's there's no one left for you to beat, and you've done it in spectacular fashion. You have took a loss, you come back. And like, and you got an absolute dominant win, um, an absolute. Just uh, you know, the the fact that you know that that she, I'm sure she said she's, um, she's having another baby, Yep. um, yep. like just fantastic, brilliant for women's MMA, you know, and uh, we're recording this in Pride Month, and yeah, just just fantastic, you know, like a, a, a real. You know just progressive, and, and this you know, there's lots of elements in this sport that needs that progressive nature. And oh, 100%. And, and and yeah, a- a- absolute hats off to uh, uh, Amanda Nunes. Um, do you know what I want to I'd touch on before you know you, you throw your thoughts in on it, Blake? Um, Penner just jumped straight on socials,
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: and do you know what? I just thought you're forgetting that you got smashed <laughs> like what what, what what are you talking about like you know I, i'll take that as a you know as a compliment blah, blah, blah. and it's just like mate, like who the fuck are you like just 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 let her have this moment this is a beautiful moment this is you know the graceful time retiring and you're just you know you, you was meant to be there. you're not there where are you well, she All had right. a broken rib. She had no a life. broken rib,
1: and in the tweets, the first tweet she said, "Oh, something like," uh, and I'm paraphrasing here. Um, I so, I scared you into reti- I scared you so bad you had to retire. Uh, on a personal level, good for you. Like, I hope you're happy. But on a professional level, what the fuck was that about? <laughs> and then she said, "I'll take it as a compliment." I mean, look. Oh, as you say, yeah. She's forgotten that she, she. Yes, she finished her in the first fight, in the second round, whatever it was. But then she was beaten from pillar to post in yeah. in the rematch, and yeah, she sort of is a bit deluded with it. Yeah. But equally, I kind of enjoy it. Uh, I find uh, it quite funny. No. Nah. <laughs> just, she's just uh, there, like, yeah. It's all of. It's about me. You've gone, not, gone, not gone running because it. of me. It's part of the fight game as well. Oh, no. right? oh, like, no. as, I as know. As long as it's not personal, like when people start bringing in family or, mm. you know, religion and, and, you know, all that stuff. What and penny sexuality think and is? all that. But this is, but I thought it was quite funny.
0: Penny should know, just right? think, do you know what? Like, if that's a fight I don't have to fight now. I've probably got a better chance of getting that belt now. She should be happy. Yeah. Like, because she's never going to beat Amanda again, ever. She can't, she might be happy. She might be
1: happy about it, but she can't let people know that. She's gotta yeah. have this thing of like, I, I made the goat run, I was one on one with her, she beat me up to five rounds, but I finished her yeah. and I did that first Like that's that's how you market yourself and that's how you do yeah. it, and you never know, maybe she can get Nunes to come back. Probably not, I don't think so. But no. I think that's you know, that's 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 okay, it's just part of the fight game, it's oh, part no. of it. I don't I, like I don't, it. I don't, I don't like
0: it. No, I just think when you're, you're, you're not talking about, you know, your average fighter, you're talking about the greatest of all time has just put her gloves down, you know, that has progressed women's MMA, you know, and, and, and Juliana Panna is part of that. She should just be like, do you know what? Like, absolute props. I'm disappointed we're not going to get to fight again. I'd love to have had that third fight. But, you know, this, it's incredible what you've done for this sport, you know. And, like, and it wasn't. It was trash. And, like, and it's like, nah, I'm not feeling it. Yeah, but, like, that's a that's a big load of money she's lost now as well,
1: though, isn't it? Because if she was, she like, we'll get, we'll get on to what she's doing. She's she's likely to be one half of the vacant weight title fight whenever yeah. that happens next. Yeah. Whoever they put her up against will not draw as many eyeballs as Amanda Nunes. No. And so she's lost a bunch of money by being part of, like, a main event or a Uh, pay-per-view points or or whatever it would be, you know, so she's probably furious. (laughs) She's probably gutted that that's happened. And she made, and do you know what? I think she believes in her heart of hearts. She finished her in the first fight. She wasn't expecting what happened in the second fight. Third fight, I'll do her. And if you truly believe that, and I think most fighters have to believe in themselves to almost deluded points. Mm. If you believe it, then you're like, oh, I'm going to go and beat, some random bantamweight now that people probably don't really care about and get a belt. Whereas I potentially had the opportunity to beat the greatest of all time for the second time, really cementing my legacy and what I've done. And so, you know, yeah, you will be annoyed. It's like, I don't think Connor ever beats Khabib, but Khabib retiring has probably pissed Connor off so much because he's like, I think I can still beat him. I think I can get that one back. And When people do that, it's very hard for people that could have made money with them and feel like they are, you know, one down against them and they can easily get it back. It's probably hard for them to then just go, oh, I'm really happy for you. They probably are a bit like, fucking hell, just I want to have that back and I want to win and I want to get that money and all those
0: things. What you just said there about the money, I hadn't considered. And and, and that's a really valid point. You know, she's probably thinking, well, I'm then going to be fighting for a fraction of what. I could have fought for. Um, Shouldn't have lost the second fight. (laughs) Yeah,
1: that's why, isn't it? Shouldn't have lost the the second fight. Juliana, you you didn't listen. You shouldn't have lost the second fight. If you would have won the
0: second fight, you're still the champ. You're not. You're nothing. Right. (laughs) <laughs> you're nothing. <laughs> it's just like the number one ranked phantom <laughs> in the world. Probably gonna be the next champion. You're nothing! <laughs>
1: what a classic MMA nothing. fan thing. <laughs> you're not a champ. You're nothing, mate. You're nothing. <laughs> Juliana Roof, what? Nah, nothing, mate. Um anyway, um enlight- enlightening Stuart in here. Um But yeah, so um I I mean Nunes, as you as you pointed out now. Nunes, unbelievable champion, and done, done it the right way. You don't get many retirements in MMA where they're like happy retirements. Mm. You've got maybe GSP, you've got Khabib. Most other retirements are, they're on their way out, they've lost by knockout a couple of times, or there's something bad. Going, like yeah. There's not great MMA retirements. You don't, yeah. It's very hard to go out on top, and... Nunez has done that. She's one of the rare people to actually say to the UFC and and to MMA as a sport, I am going out as one of the greatest. And as she said in her post-fight interview, whoever wins the belt now, everyone knows it's a fake belt. Everyone knows they're a paper champion. I'm the real champ. I just couldn't be bothered to defend it anymore. But you know, even if they've got a belt wrapped around their waist, they are not as good as me. That's amazing, isn't it? That's a, what a way to leave a division and just go, you will know. You will know that it's nothing compared to compared to me. I think that's an amazing way to to go out. And and good luck to her. You know, she's she doesn't seem like the type of person as as we mentioned on the show before, there's certain people that you go, they live lavish lavish lifestyles or whatever. I've never got that impression from Amanda Nunes at all. So she's probably made plenty of money to then go and live the life that she always wanted to with her and her family. And good luck, to them. Good luck to them. I sort of hope she doesn't come back because if she did come back and took a loss or anything like that, then it might um, damage the legacy of a society. So I think if she doesn't come back, that'd be absolutely fantastic for, for her and for for MMA. And then now it's going to take a lot for that kind of GOAT status to to go away. But someone's mm. got to go and do something really special now to, to yeah. take that GOAT status off of her. And, but yeah, we'll we'll wait and see what happens there. Mm. Um, I suppose the next thing to talk about would be what happens to the Bantamweight belt next. And it's not like the most exciting thing in the world, but Juliana Pena will be one side of a vacant title fight. And uh, Raquel Pennington, who's on a firefight win streak, I think she was the backup fighter. Yeah. For Aldana versus Nunes, mm-hmm. so it just makes all the sense in the world. I don't believe Pena and uh, and Pennington have fought each other yet. So, I should throw in the mix now that that
0: for, for listeners that uh, I'm on a different laptop today, so everything's gone a bit wonky with my cameras and everything that we're recording it on. So, I haven't actually got any stats in front of me. So uh, all of your facts <laughs> are coming from Blake today. Oh, um,
1: dub, me in. Right. dub me in! So no, I you
0: under the bus there, mate. But uh, I can't tell um, you. Cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1 dot com.
1: No, I'm, I'm pretty sure that Pena and Pennington haven't fought each other. I might be wrong. I can quickly look this up now. But that just makes perfect sense, it? I'm pretty sure Pennington's on a five-fight win streak. She's been doing well. Yeah, she's not. they've not fought each other. So that makes all the sense in the world as well. So, yeah, I mean, that's just the fight to make. Is it going to be a blockbuster, big-money fight? No. But could it be the co-main event of a decent fight. Like if Chandler McGregor happens in December, then this could be a co-main event and people can go, oh, well, there's a title on the line. It's something, you know, whatever. Um, or, you know, the other beautiful thing, when when a, when a champion vacates, then they can do a title fight in a couple of months' time. You know, mm. we can get a new champion within the next two, three months. Hopefully, Peña's back from her broken ribs. Raquel Pennington's clearly, uh, you know, available, fit. She made weight the other day or whatever, I'm assuming. So, that's great. I mean, Pennington does have a loss to Holly Holm, who is fighting very soon, I think. Holly she Holm. She, she's yeah, on she, the undercard
0: <laughs> in the next couple of weeks, I think.
1: Yes, so she's fighting. Is it maybe even this Saturday? Is she fighting this Saturday? Uh, no, she's fighting in July. Sorry, excuse me. She's fighting in July. Uh against Buena Silva. Um, That's on a UFC fight night. If Holly Holm gets a win, she's always a name that the UFC love. Their main event in it as well. So that's going to be a big fight, get a lot of eyeballs on it. So Holly Holm, as much as people go, oh, Holly Holm, she's been around a long time. You know, she's not, she's very up and down more of, of late. But, you know, if she gets a win, there's always a chance she's got a win over Raquel Pennington. Um... So that could push her in front of Pennington. I think the right thing to do would be to give it to Pennington. She's the one on the firefight fight win streak. But you never know. So we'll have to just wait and see. But I think that's the likelihood. That's that's what's probably going to happen. Peña versus Pennington for the Baker belt. I can kind of throw it on any card as long as it's not the main event. I don't yeah. – if that main event's something, I don't see how you're going to do good business if I can be so rude to the Bands of Wings.
0: May know that. Um,
1: Before we uh, move on to Oliveira and Dariush, should Mm. we talk about our little bit of uh, news regarding, I don't want to call it a sponsor, more of a partnership, really? Do you want to talk about that?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, Yeah, so Stu and I, we we haven't had uh, a kind of sponsor for uh, a little while, and one of the reasons for that is that A lot of the sponsors, and and these people sponsor other podcasts, sports-based podcasts, MMA-based podcasts, uh, a lot. And we've been asked by a couple of different gambling sites if they could sponsor us. And for our own reasons, Stu and I are just not overly keen on that.
0: Um, It was a conversation we had before we even recorded the first episode, wasn't it, when we spoke about sponsors. It was like neither of us are comfortable with with. You know kind of promoting gambling sites
1: no and 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 this isn't a not on anyone that does like if there are people out there that that've gotta make their money, whether it be through podcasting YouTube yeah. and whatever, and gambling sites will offer them money to to do stuff, and it's fine and you know that that's that's down to them, but I've seen gambling ruin a few people's lives and uh and really negatively affect them. And so what we've done, instead of taking any money at all, is uh, we've partnered up with uh, a charity called Gamcare. Mm -hmm. And Gamcare provide a 24-7 helpline for any either individual or friend, family member of an individual that is suffering with a gambling addiction. And not only that, but they... um, if you talk to them in during the on the helpline and all that stuff, they can help provide you or again family friends with counselling sessions, completely free. They can be over Zoom, any of that stuff. Um, counselling sessions to help deal with that. And as I say, I have seen a lot of the negative side uh, side effects of gambling and gambling addictions, and a lot of people don't think they've got a problem when actually they do. And I think. The this company or this charity do a lot of great work, whether it be helping you through the helplines. There's like a chat thing, a lot of people find, um, uh, like going to AA meetings, uh, not AA, sorry, uh, like gamblers anonymous meetings, um, tricky, like being in a group environment like that. You can do sessions over Zoom here. There's also, rather than talk to someone on the phone, if you don't like that, if you're a bit nervous about that, you can, uh, do like live chat, text chat, all that kind of stuff stuff and we're going to be working with them uh for a while hopefully and just trying to spread the message that you know
0: there's help if out there you
1: here. are there's help out there there's help if you are struggling there's help out there and it's very accessible there's no judgment and they're there to help you whether you're in debt whether you just have a problem if it's affecting your relationships with your loved ones your any addiction you may have Or you know someone that's suffering, these people can really help you. They can help the person that's really suffering. Uh, And I'm just going to read out the number now is 0808 8020133. That's 0808 8020133. And just to reiterate as well, Stu and I are getting no money for this. This is just, we've just paired up with GANcare because we think the work that they do is really, really brilliant. And if you are someone that is in any way suffering or know someone that is suffering with gambling, with that kind of addiction, then just phone these people up. It, no commitment, no anything. Just have a chat with them. See if that person on the helpline can help you. And then from there, you can potentially get counseling sessions. You can get some advice, anything like that to help you out or help your loved ones out. And I think, yeah, that's just what. What we thought was the right thing to do in this uh day and age when again we we have we have seen some people really suffer with uh with gambling addiction, so yeah that's that's kind of kind of that we will talk more about it in a few future episodes and we will go more into uh into details of the great work that they do but
0: um in the meantime, but, yeah. I should also say as well, and I know I gave the number out there, but in the the show notes to this episode, uh you can go over there and we'll put the link to the website. Um, and uh, so you can head over there. If anything that, that Blaze just said there has spiked anything, you know, or, 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 or made you feel that, you know, you, you should go and explore, you know, what they do there, then, uh, you know, like you say, whether it's directly for yourself or for a loved one, then um, just go to the show notes and, uh, and click the link and go and see what, what Gamcare do.
1: Absolutely. Right. Let's crack back on with UFC 289. Oliveira Dariush, it's kind of what the whole card was leaning on, really. There was a a joke I saw about uh, a couple of days before the fight, uh, a meme or something that someone put out of Charles Oliveira saying, Charles Oliveira uh, has had to withdraw from the contest due to a back injury from carrying the card on his back. (laughs) Um, So, uh, yeah. But, wow, what a performance from Chucky Olives. I mean, that was... That was really special, wasn't it? I I mean, my heart breaks for Benil Dariush to go on an eight-fight win streak. You don't get long win streaks often in the lightweight division. It is an absolute killer division. It's a shark tank division. Dariush going on an eight-fight win streak was really impressive. I felt like he earned a title shot. And also, I kind of feel like skill-for-skill... He matches up really well with Islam Makachev. I think that's a fight I'd really like to see. But now, I I don't see how he gets there. Um, Oliveira just... I mean, those two head kicks rattled him big time. And it wasn't at Aldana level, but I think very early on, Darius sort of had the fight kind of beaten out of him a little bit. How did you see it?
0: Friday night... Um... I jumped on YouTube and uh, and one of the suggested things that come up was um hyped fighters that 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 disappeared and uh with all the respect to him they one of them was um Alex Hernandez, isn't it? And yes. uh and they were showing him starching people and then they showed him starch, Benil Dariush. and it was yeah. like holy shit, like you know, a good shot will put him away. Yeah, and I'd forgot about that. Yeah, and me then, too, to be there. Uh, and I just thought, oh, blimey. Like, you know, I'm not suggesting he's chinny by any means, but I'm like, oh, he can get put away like that. You know, I know all fighters can, but... Um, I then watched it, and I wasn't worried he really won this fight. I, I love both of them fighters, and uh, so I was kind of indifferent. I'd like to have seen Benil get his shot at Islam. Because I agree with you, I think his fight style lends itself to to, 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 to Islam maybe more so than what um, we've seen other people's. Um, I'm not I'm not including Volk in that. Um, but yeah, but like, we're spending a lot of time talking about um, Beniuia. Charles looked absolutely incredible. Like he just, did. Just, it was just like he, he, he was just. On fire and just made a big statement. Um, do you think? I mean, there's not huge amounts to talk about because it was it was done and dusted pretty quick. Um, do you yeah. think that performance gets him a shot?
1: I think it might do,
0: but I'm not
1: overly bothered, right? If I'm honest. Like, so you think? When I'd Dustin... rather he. I'd rather he has one more win. so for okay. me. Uh, again, and like we talked about in the preview show, I think it's all about timing. Like Dana White has come out and said he is interested in the Oliveira versus Islam rematch. It seems relatively clear that the Abu Dhabi card in October will be headlined by Islam Makachev. So there's not a lot of time. The thought of the winner of the BMF belt, Dustin and Gaethje, being ready in time after fighting each other to fight. I just don't see it happening. If somehow, miraculously, one of them knocks the other one out in round one, then yes, that person can get the shot in in Abu Dhabi. But I think it's very unlikely. Very, very unlikely. I think right now... Charles is unscathed. Yeah, well, he's the front-runner. He's the front-runner for that fight in Abu Dhabi. However, if Volkanovski... Can deal with Yair Rodriguez quickly, or maybe even not quickly. Volkanovski fights like three, four times a year anyway. He just goes for it. That man's crazy. But um, if he can put Yair Rodriguez away and be, you know, relatively unscathed, uninjured, whatever, in July, he's got. I think. I think he fights early in July, so it'd be most of July, August, September. And I think uh, I'm not sure if that card's taking place in October, late October. I don't know. But Volkanovski could turn around in three months and fight Makachev and for me I am because of they both lost to Makachev one of them was an incredibly close really interesting fight the other one was a bit of a walkover. I would rather see the close fight again I'd rather see Volkanovski fight Islam Makachev again mm. I I need to I really feel like I need to see Charles Oliveira get one more win before he um before he fights for the belt but
0: as Who, say, who's he got to win who's he got to beat
1: it doesn't like, I just, it's it's tricky because he's already beaten a lot of the people around him. Mm. But I'm just not interested in him fighting Islam again. Yeah. Like, say someone beats Islam in October, you can give Oliveira a title shot right away. He doesn't need yeah. another fight. I'm, I'm more than happy for him to get a title shot right away. But I, 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 off this, off this one win, which was a great win, phenomenal win, Charles Oliveira. Arguably one of the most exciting champions the UFC's ever had. Incredibly exciting lightweight. I mean, the way that his fights went against Chandler, Gaethje, Horie even Islam when he lost, and now Dariush. I mean, that guy is on fire in terms of excitement. Even when he's lost, it has been incredibly exciting. He is a kill-or-be-killed type fighter. And you've got to love Charles Oliveira for that. But just does, does seeing what you saw on Saturday night, Make you think that the Islam Makachev fight goes any differently?
0: No, no. Um, well then what's
1: the point? That to
0: me, I'm like, well, what's the point then? Well, the, the, I mean, that's that's from a fan's perspective, right? That you know, yeah, I'll, that's what I am. <laughs> no, but I, I think you've got to look at his position in in that in the ranking system, and I know that with the UFC, it doesn't always count for a great deal because. Essentially, when you're throwing belts into the mix, then pay-per-views and, and, and that sort of stuff does seem to take precedence a lot of the time. Um, I, I I don't know. I, I don't know. I wonder what the the Makachev, what, what Volk fight took out of Makachev. If anything, I don't know. Probably, I don't think he's going to come back a vastly different fighter. He still won it. Um, I don't know. Maybe Charles...
1: wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com As a, a, a different a different camp this time and, 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 and tweaks the weaknesses, he's going to watch that fight back. I don't know. I, I agree with you. I do agree with you. That-
1: it is a really tricky place. I mean, when you look at the, uh, the UFC rankings at the moment, Charles has lost to the champion, Islam Makachev, beat number two, Dustin Poirier, beat number three, Justin Gaethje, beat number four, Dariush, beat number five, Michael Chandler. And there's not really much point of him coming off of a win and then taking on, say, Armand Sarukian, who's fighting soon and he's ranked eight. Or, you know, Rafael de Sanyos or Jalen Turner, who's got a fight, I think, lined up against Dan Hooker and he's ranked 10th. Like, uh, It's just, it is it's a not tricky going spot to, to be in. He's yes. beaten everyone around him. There's there's I, I feel for Charles Oliveira in that sense. Maybe the only fight that does make sense is the Islam Makachev fight. But I as a fan am not sold that it's gonna be massively different. I'll watch it because I watch all of it. Um but I'm not I'm not overly excited about yeah. Charles Oliveira versus Islam Makachev. I would much rather see Volkanovsky Makachev too than I would Oliveira Makachev too. Agreed. But we'll have to see what happens. I mean, if Yaya Rodriguez pulls something magic out of the bag against Volkanovski, and he's very capable of doing it, he's an incredibly unique and exciting striker, then then the only choice you've got is is Oliveira. So that fight will have to be, because again, if, if Gaethje versus Poirier goes any more than about two and a half, three rounds... There's no way that those two, either of them, whichever one wins, is going to be fit and healthy come um, uh, come October. Because you know what you get when those two step into the octagon, which is why we're all so excited for it. It is yeah. going to be carnage. Yeah. So there's no way they're going to be ready for October, I don't think, unless one of them gets a, a really early finish. And I just, I think that, I don't think that's going to happen. I
0: mean... What happens to Benil Dariush now? And, you know, I know I laughed and said, uh, Piana, uh, piano, uh, Pena, um, you know, nothing. but, you know, I'm just joshing. And Benil is in a situation now where it's so close and maybe should have had that shot, but it's going to be a long road now. And, and I think what's next for him? Yeah. So do you think. You know, you've got, you know, you you mentioned Gaethje Chandler and Dustin. I don't think any three of them will have any interest in fighting Benil. I don't think there's enough money in it for them. Um, And so that leaves Benil looking backwards and, you know, to the the fighters you've just mentioned. And that's going to be a bitter pill to swallow, isn't it? You know?
1: Yeah, it is. I mean, I think he's in real trouble now of, you know, never, ever getting a title shot, which is a real shame. I mean, he's ranked fourth. He will have to fight someone behind him. Um, I think maybe what he could hope for is that Michael Chandler, Conor McGregor, doesn't happen. And he maybe could fight Chandler. But is Chandler going to want that fight? I don't Chandler know. Chandler wants super it's fights. Some... Like... I know. He is above him in the rankings. And, you know, you never know. Uh, a win over Dariush, ranked fourth, probably gets him a title shot against Makachev or something. Like that. I don't know, but I think the likelihood is the UFC. I don't think are overly keen on Dariush, which is why it took him so long to. Well, he'd never got a top shot. You know, he would have been if he'd have beat Oliveira, he'd have been on a nine fight win streak, and only then you could go. Is he undeniable, or could someone still step in front of him? You just don't know. We spoke about so, that.
0: We still thought if if you know, Dustin wins. You know yeah. he gets he, he he you know fast tracks him, Volk fast tracks him. Um, yeah. It does appear you know unfortunately that his face doesn't seem to fit with the kind of unfortunately he's in a division with big personalities, yeah. you know and and fan favorites, you know Chandler yeah. Gaichi, you know Dustin, they're fan favorites. They 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 bring the fire as well, and and I just unfortunately he he was lost in the middle of that with. And I'm sure, you know, when I've seen, you know, media with him, he's just a really nice dude, but he's not got that edge that those others have. And so he doesn't become as much of a, you know, a, 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 you know, a a character dangling in front of other fighters and because the money's not there. So, yeah, I I do. I do wonder what he's going to do. I think he's in in a in a tricky spot.
1: I think he's going to get those fights that I said Oliveira is yeah. obviously not going to get now. I think you've got Jalen Turner versus Dan Hooker coming up soon, and you've got Armin Sarukian, maybe even this Saturday. Yeah, uh, I can't remember who Armin's fighting, but Armin Sarukian's ranked eighth. I think he was supposed to be fighting uh, Renato Moicano, but now he, there's someone stepped in on, on short notice. Forgive me, I don't know who that is. But Armin Sarukian is a really top fighter, really, really great, young, uh he's the one that he fought Islam Makhachev on his debut at the age of like 23 or something and gave him a really good fight he obviously lost but he gave him a really good fight and i think Arman Sarukian is um is someone for the future i really do he's only 26 years old now uh he uh, he to- silver yeah he fought Silva. silver he beat uh, Demira's Magulov who's a great fighter recently before that he lost in a close fight to Mateus Gamrot, um, that some people scored for Sarukian. Before that, he was so he fights Islam Makachev on his UFC debut. Then he goes on a one, two, three, four, five fight winning streak, loses to Gamrot, which is no shame in a fight that some people thought he won, then comes back and beats his Magulov. Now he's fighting Joachim Silva on because Joachim Silva's coming on short notice. I'm assuming he will dispatch of Joaquin relatively easily. I'm not saying necessarily a finish, but even if it's by decision, he'll do that really well. And then he's in a position where he's ranked eighth. He's on a two fight win streak. He's only lost to the champion and Gamrot, and there's no shame in that. And I think he could get a fight forward. And I think that fight could be Benil Dariush. Um, Same with Jalen Turner. Jalen Turner's fighting Dan Hooker, uh, I think, uh, one of these July cards. And um, I think if he wins that, then he could be looking forward and Benil is going to be getting those fighters that no one really wants to fight. And I, I if I, I, I believe it'll be Armin Sarukian right now. That's what I think will happen.
0: Um, What other fights did you want to talk about um, on the card? I, unfortunately, I haven't got... Let me see if I can pull it up the card on my phone as well.
1: Oh, mate. Oh, I, was about, I thought you were about to do it on there and you were about to go full no, green screen again.
0: No, I can't handle um, that. That's so weird. No.
1: Well, I mean, look, uh, Malot did really well against Fugit. He kind of did, almost KO'd him and then submitted him straight after almost KO'ing him. Uh, Jump for a guillotine. Did really, really well there. Crowd went crazy. He went crazy as well, like in a, a great way kind of rousing the crowd. Uh, he made it 6-0 and for Canada. So it was a big night for them. So I can see the UFC really rewarding him and wanting to push him forward. Ige um, Landwehr was was a good one. like Great
0: was, fight, mate.
1: Yeah, there was close... Uh, until the end of like round one, and then Igay got knocked down, and then again, I think round two, it was relatively close, and then Igay knocked him down again. So clearly, one, uh, you do that. not like, want to Landway stand and box,
0: up. you do not want to stand and box down Igay, mate. Bad. No. bad, bad ways to fight him, don't do it. Like, no. um, he, he's he very looked, good. I thought he looked great, I thought he looked really good, yeah. and and you know, Landway is like he, he, he's not a you know, he's no joke, but he he looked like he was running out of ideas, and uh, and I think getting the knockdowns did not help that. I, I thought, you know, he he obviously wanted to stand and trade as well, and and he was just getting beaten to the punch. And I know that um, Danny Gates had a you know had, had a bit of an up and down uh, career, but uh, yes. I hope that this is the start of, of of something good because that must have done his confidence the world of good because I thought he looked fantastic.
1: Yeah, and look, you you never know. Fighters like Dan Ige, something just happens with him and all of a sudden they, they go on a little surge or something. He's on a two-fight win streak at the moment, but when he's fought the top guys, the kind of top five, you know, mm-hmm. you Josh Emmits, uh, Korean Zombie, um, uh, Calvin Cater and, and Movzarev as well, who I think could very easily be a top five guy, uh, he's come up short. So I, I, I do think of Ige as like a kind of top 10 to 15 guy, uh, but hey, he should get. A, he should be able to fight someone in front of him now. That's the main yeah. thing. He's defended his position twice against people ranked outside the rankings, um, and now he should get to fight someone ahead of him. I don't know who that will be, but yeah, he's he's not a bad fighter. Like all of his fights that he's lost against these top guys have been by decision as well. He's not been finished by any of them. So. Yeah, and the Josh Emmett fight—I think I remember being quite close as well. So, yeah, Dan ige is thirty-one years old. Something could still click for him and make him progress even more. But I think he's probably someone that's in that kind of eight to thirteen range, and that's probably where he's at. But we'll 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 wait to see. Who knows? Um, yeah, Barrio over. Out, jo- jo- oh, go on, sorry.
0: Go on. Now no, I'll I am going to move on. So... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come
1: on, yeah. So Barrio versus Anders. Um, That was a really fun fight as well. (laughs) That was a bit mental. Did you watch that one?
0: I I, I thought Eric Anders uh, looked exhausted after the first round. Um, Yeah, I I, I just, yeah, I don't find Eric Anders to be a particularly exciting fighter.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I showed a lot of toughness. Took, uh, well, it said two low blows, but I think the first one, I'm not sure that that was a low blow. Yeah. Uh, Second one, second one definitely was. (laughs) Second one was a low blow. Um, but Barrio looked great. Did that great thing of like, was it like kind of like a teap kick jab, teap mm. kick uh, a, and right cross. And and it land, I think mean, that was like within the first few seconds, that's what landed big on, on Anders to knock him down. I think it was like a teap or push kick, and then he followed it up with a jab immediately before he'd even put his leg back down on the mat. And uh, and it sent him rocking. And I thought it was just a great fight. It kind of turned into an absolute slugfest, elbows. I thought Anders did well to to stay in it and to not get finished. But, uh, yeah, 30-27 across the board, I think. So uh, that was that. Um, And then, oh, Imovov-Curtis. And I was saying beforehand that the Imovov-Curtis fight was the fight I was really excited about seeing, to see how Imovov comes back from his Sean Strickland loss. Because I saw a lot in Imovov. Until that Strickland loss, where I was like, "This guy could be something special. He could be a top five, a title contender, something like that." And then the Strickland loss really surprised me. I thought he should have beat Strickland, and he uh, he just didn't didn't arrive on that night. And this he turned up. He did really really well. I thought he was piecing Curtis up. I didn't think Curtis had a real answer for him. I think uh, Imavov was really having his way with him in that first round, and then yeah. in the second round as well. And then I mean. How much bad luck uh, is it for, for Chris Curtis for his second fight in a row to be uh, to have a headbutt? I mean, his, his fight with Gastelum, the fight wasn't stopped. It ended up, I think, going to the scorecards. But the clash of heads really affected Curtis. You could see his momentum really go after that clash of heads with Gastelum. And then Gastelum went on to win the fight. And I think there was an argument there that you could have called that a no contest because of the clash of heads. I think it did have a big impact. And yeah. then this one... Caused a nasty cut mm. uh, above the eye of Curtis. Blood was running into the eye and he wanted to continue to fight. He was, you know, the ref was saying to him, can you see what well, he was like? Give me some time. Give me a minute. I just need some time. Uh, but Jason Herzog, I believe it was, stopped the fight. Probably the right decision because that cut looked nasty. Yeah, and those, absolutely. Those head clashes as well. It's like taking a big right hand and it, those head clashes can yeah. really rock you. Um, so, Chris yeah, Curtis really, is
0: never going to say, yeah, I don't want to carry on. It's never yeah, going to happen. Like, exactly. and, it, and it, it takes a hurt to just step in and 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 save him from, you know, what could have been, you know, a compromised, a compromised eye. And yeah, like it was the right thing. It's obviously, right. Yeah. it's not the best ending to any fight, and obviously both no. fights look very disappointed at the end. But um, you know, fighter safety is paramount, right?
1: Yeah, but you're gutted if you're in the aren't you? Because he was on his way to win. Yeah, that of course. Fight. Yeah, I thought he's quite clearly on his way to yeah. winning that. So that's a real shame for him. Uh, hopefully. I don't know, either they run that back or Imovov can get another decent kind of ranked middleweight fight. Cause he looked really good. Mm-hmm. So that was the Imovov I remember. I was like, mm-hmm. that's the guy. And, and I'd, I'd like to see him progress and do well in the middleweight division. Um, then Miranda Maverick, uh, Jasmine jastavicius She uh, she uh, now will have a, a number next to her name. Uh, Jasmine, I think, come um, come Tuesday. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I thought she she just kind of dominated maverick really maverick didn't have much of an answer for her i think in the post fight uh i don't know if she said this on instagram or in the post fight scrum she was talking Amanda, M- miranda maverick was talking about during the fight i don't know if she took a shot and sort of was temporarily blind in that eye couldn't see very well out of out of one of her eyes so she wow. said that that scared her a lot and obviously that would be if you're if you're not seeing properly in the middle of the fight that is going to be scary. So she said that's what really affected her performance, particularly in the third round. Um, but Jasmine Jastavidius looks great. She looks really, really good. And uh, yeah, hopefully she'll be moving up the uh, the rankings very, very soon as well. Uh, I thought she did really, really well. Um, anything else that you want to... Armin Sahabi's
0: performance, ridiculous. Like, uh, yeah. Uh, very light work of... Uh, here we go. Let's try and pronounce this one. Uh, Ling.
1: Um, Ricky Lang, yeah. That was yeah,
0: it. there you go. Um, yeah, literally one minute of the first round and, yeah, absolutely put him to sleep. And uh, what a shot. Yeah, enjoyed that. And Carl Nelson um, kind of kicked off the prelims as well, uh, the hometown hero against... He uh, was very fired up, Blake Builder, uh, at, the, yeah. at the beginning. Was, was looking very angry. And, uh, and Carl Nelson, uh, yeah, got, uh, got a win in front of... Uh, uh, the hometown, which uh, uh, he looked very, very thrilled about at the end. Bit of a, a vet there, Nelson.
1: Um, um,
0: yeah. Uh, the the other thing I think we should mention, I, I haven't
1: actually watched this fight yet. I think it was on the fight night prelims, but I haven't watched this fight yet. But um, Steve Ursic versus David Dvorak. Now, it seems like Steve ursic has come in late notice to replace Matt Schnell. His UFC debut, and he is taking on, I think, a top 10 flyweight. I'm just gonna try and pull up the rankings now. Just to, David, uh, Dvorak, yeah, David, yeah. Dvorak, so, David Dvorak, yeah, David Dvorak ranked 10. So David Devorak is supposed to be fighting Matt Chanel, who's ranked above him, even though I think Devorak was on a couple of losses. Steve Ersik has come in from oh, let's find out what organization he was fighting in uh, uh, beforehand. But um he's come in and just uh Out of nowhere on his debut, taking on a top 10 ranked guy and won. So he's now gone from, I'm a day, I'm debuting in the UFC from Eternal MMA. I've never even heard of Eternal MMA. Maybe that shows that I don't know enough. (laughs) I have now. Eternal MMA, he's coming from, to be fair, he's on a really good win streak over there in those regional promotions. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight fight win streak in eternal MMA and hex fight series, you know, the well-known MMA promotion, hex fight series. Um, But, uh, but he comes in and flies a top 10 guy and wins. So he's gone debut in the UFC and now he's ranked 10th.
0: Seize your moment, my friend, seize your moment.
1: Seize your moment. And that was a memo
0: that Aldana never got.
1: Yeah. Uh, Oh God. Way to bring that back. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So shout out Steve Ersing. Absolutely great. And I think I saw some people do some memes as well. Cause he looks a little bit like a young Steve Carell. So there's some, <laughs> some Michael <laughs> Scott office memes going around there. He looks very unassuming, just like a guy you would just, you would meet him in the office. Love uh, it. Love uh, it. So yeah, I'm going to check out his fight uh, when I've got some time. Only 27 as well. Oh, that'd be great. If he becomes a bit of a story, that'd be amazing. Where's he from? Uh, Australia, I think he's from as well. So, uh, yeah, phenomenal, awesome stuff from Steve Ersik there. Fingers crossed, uh, he goes on and keeps doing good things.
0: Absolutely.
1: Think, is that is that the end of the show?
0: I'd like to mention another uh, event that happened Ooh, cool. at the weekend. And uh, oh
1: yes, please take the floor. Man.
0: And uh, I'd like to shout out my my, my, my sister-in-law, Nina Hughes. Um, uh mum of two uh working mum of two uh, uh at forty years of age um at her first defense of the w b a phantom weight title uh at wembley arena um made that ring walk at Wembley arena with my nephew my uh, my little nephew holding her belt it was an absolutely beautiful i've got goosebumps thinking about it um it was a beautiful moment and uh and and nina uh absolutely dominated the fire. 10 rand, um absolute domination. And uh yeah, we're we're we are we we are seeing you know big talk now coming from uh um uh, Eddie Hearn now about some uh, unification fights with Ebony Bridges and so yeah um it's ne- you're never too late to do it and uh and and i i Nina Hughes he's he absolute testament to that. Um like I say, what, a, what an absolute rocky story, and uh, to see her walk out of Wembley Arena, uh, on the undercard uh, of some, 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 I guess, some bigger fights, I suppose, uh, in, in regards to kind of profile. Uh, she, she for me, fight of the night, and uh, and yeah, I, I just wanted to wish her all the best, and uh, yeah, very, very proud moment, yeah, lovely.
1: How, lo- how old is she again?
0: 40. 40. Yeah, well, near, that. nearly actually. She's 41, man. She might actually be 41. That's, that. that's
1: uh, amazing, isn't it? Becoming <laughs> a world champion. Boy, yeah. That's amazing. It is, well, it was, it was well done, Nina Hughes. Yes. Incredible
0: stuff. Absolutely. Right. We're back uh, We're back next time, aren't we? We
1: are back next time. Hopefully, we've got some uh, good interviews coming your way. This weekend, uh, there is also, uh, I believe it's Vittori versus Canoneer. And there's some bricks weekend.
0: on the card. Uh, Christian Duncan is Chris on the card, on the card.
1: Oh, And yes. um,
0: friend of the show uh, Former guest Modestus is on the card as well
1: Oh good luck to Modestus Bukaskis, yeah. uh, On this weekend Hopefully he does the business But yeah Vittori Kanani I'm trying to pull up the card right now But it's not not coming up for me It's been a bit bit rubbish It's been a yeah. bit really slow um,
0: and, uh, oh, sha- yeah. and also George. shout out George Hardwick um, Great news to hear yes. that uh, He's going to be um, fighting on the uh, on the Don't know White contender series um, you know big friend of the show and uh, yeah absolute killer so uh, look forward yes. to that fight
1: Yeah, if if we're lucky we might get to chat to George at some point soon but I mean I have to say our, it's phenomenal being great achievement hopefully he will be in the UFC very very shortly but gosh, someone like George who is a champion who is has defended his belt
0: just sign like him that's
1: just sign him man stop doing the contender series stuff just he deserves to be signed yeah. I'd say a similar thing about Paul Hughes as well These guys just deserve to be signed. But, you know, George Hardwick, he's decided, I'm just going to go for it, go for the contender series fight. Best of luck to him. Uh, And, yeah, flying the flag for, for England, for Middlesbrough, for the UK. Uh, yeah, so hopefully uh, that things going well. Is, yeah,
0: chicken parmas all round. Come August. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Just one more time. Um, if anyone was, uh, as I said, sort of triggered anything, uh, when when uh Blake was talking uh, about uh GamCare, then the show notes are in. Um, I, I, we'll have the link in. So if you want to go and click that link and find out more about the great work they're doing, uh, the link is in them show notes. Absolutely, and one more
1: time, phone number 0808 802
0: Wonderful stuff. We will be back next time. See you soon. Bye.